0: Love Talk Radio. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. I hope everyone is enjoying this um, NBA playoffs night tonight. Miami and Toronto on ESPN. Check them out right now. Even though Miami's throwing the ball, like you know, more so to the point that Tony Romo thinks that something's going on with them. But anyway, I'm Scott Burks. I'm creator of the sports blog called The Clown Times. That's K, by the way. And this is the Clown Hour. And you'll be able to find me on the web at www.theclowntimes.net and you can find me on Facebook, uh, having fun. Lots of fun since last night when uh, Atlanta uh, was allowing all those three-pointers and getting beat like a drum. And, um, you know, just to witness what we, like uh, how much fun we have with the Atlanta Hawks uh, social media, who, must say I must say, has a great sense of humor. Hell, you had to. have that beat down. But anyway, just do a search in the, in the upper left-hand corner, search window for the Clown Times. Again, this clown Bell K. Find me there. Um, in addition to the NBA playoffs uh, going on tonight, you know, like um, yesterday, like uh, we talked about, um, I, I actually discussed the Big 12 expansion and the other big news going on in college football, which has been ongoing, but won't never go away, kind of like a rash. Um, the satellite camps and you know the big the big deal with satellite camps and why people make a, some, such a big deal over them. So anyway, you my guest tonight. He's been here before. Uh, you find him on uh, SB Nation. It's the state of the U. He is Cam Underwood, who is also the proud Detroit native. And is still probably smart a little bit over the Detroit Pistons uh, bound out the first round in the NBA playoffs. But, Cam, good to see you again, brother. How you doing?
1: Man, I'm good. Good, glad to be back. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm good with the Pistons. You know, we did get swept, but we did a, bit, a little bit better against the Cleveland than, uh, you know, other teams seem to be doing, so that's all right.
0: Right. You know what, though, I, like like I was telling what, what some of my boys there, like one of my friends here in particular, Cincinnati, he's from Detroit, and, you know, I was telling him that, yo, the, like Detroit made some huge strides this year, I felt, and the Pistons, I think, are going to be around for a while. Those boys aren't going anywhere, so
1: you can take, take
0: pride in that, you know. The Pistons are – back on the on the on the competitive scene in the NBA for
1: a change, which is would you say a a good thing. Yeah, you know, hopefully uh we, we keep it moving uh with that. But you know, I know people don't want to hear us talk about our sorry NBA team so you know we can get to the, the lecture at hand as well. <laughs> there you
0: go. Awesome awesome transition, awesome transition. Well all right man, you you've experienced all this crap in the news in college football about the satellite camps, why people particularly the SEC and the ACC, were searching the hissy fit over the satellite camps and why Jim Harbaugh has been poking the bear, if you will, over having satellite camps like throughout the South and now in Ohio. <laughs> so before we go any further, man, like just in case for the listeners who don't know what the hell satellite camps are, could you kindly break down what satellite camps are and why are they good or bad?
1: All right. So a satellite camp, okay, so basically what it is is a camp, it's a skills camp for high school athletes uh, to increase their abilities and skills on the football field. Um, These happen all over America. No matter what team you root for, what state or city you're in, there is a camp and has been for many, many years. Uh, So, again, whether you're talking about Miami, North Carolina, Philly, Texas, California, pretty much anywhere in between, there are skills camps hosted by pretty much every uh, school or organization, and sometimes maybe uh, they're regional. So like Marcus Lattimore, he has his own camps in South Carolina. Um, So you come to the Marcus Lattimore football camps, and, you know, you get, uh, you know, exposure that way because there's recruiting people around. Now, the, the, the original thing with it, so before I even get to what's happened this year, in previous years, it, there's kind of a gentlemanly code where the big schools would invite coaches or you know, like the entire staff or several coaches from smaller schools to their camp. And that's where you get the quote unquote satellite uh, aspect of it. Satellite being a tangential okay. campus. So, um, Like for myself, you know, I'm from Michigan. So there's the University of Michigan, Ann Arbor. That's the main campus. Then you have UM Flint, UM Dearborn, UM St. Clair, these other offshoots. uh, So things like that. So, for example, talking about a skills camp, uh, let's say that um, what was a big one, like uh, the University of Florida. Let's say they have a camp. And they're going to have 500 kids at this camp, and they're not going to recruit everybody. Everybody's not going to be on that level. Everybody's not going to fit what they need. So what they'll do is they'll say, hey, um, Jacksonville State, a Division II or III school from Jacksonville, Florida, um, University of West Florida, or, you know, these other smaller, Georgia Southern, you know, these schools, why don't you send down two or three or four of your coaches so you can also see these kids, work with them, evaluate them, and maybe you find guys who might work for your team at our camp. Because if they're – like, you know, if you're talking about Florida, Miami, Florida State, Alabama, if you're not one of the top, top, top guys at those camps, they're not looking at you. Right. So having these camps and then having these other coaching staffs there, that now increases the chance that some of the mid- or lower-tier athletes who happen to attend those camps can get seen – and have the opportunity maybe to earn a scholarship or whatever at a different level other than the top, top level. Okay? So that's kind of the history of uh, a skills camp with this quote-unquote satellite aspect of it, bringing in other coaches to the event. Now, moving on to the 2016 thing with this, so (laughs) why is it being the
0: news?
1: (laughs) Um, In the eminent wisdom of – Jim Harbaugh, who is the head coach at the University of Michigan. Um there's yeah. no there's I mean, hey, he, he does a great job. Uh, you know, you, you might not like him for a variety of reasons, but you have to respect. I love
0: the guy, yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, uh he's brash, he's brazen, uh he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. He's just gonna be over there doing his thing, um uh, and and right. pushing the rules and pushing boundaries. And I think that that's a big thing because obviously if you're not I won't, I don't want to say if you're not cheating, you're not trying. But if you're not trying to to push the vanguard, then you're you're accepting mediocrity, and that's not something that anybody should. Um, right. So what Harbaugh saw was okay. There's no rule that your spring practices have to be at on your campus, uh, and usually in the fall, obviously your uh, practices other than the day before an away game have to be on your campus. So what he did is he said, look, if I can have an off-campus practice, and Miami, you know, and obviously being a Miami blogger, I'm connected with that. In previous years, Miami has had practices in Fort Lauderdale and over in Naples on the west coast of Florida. So this is something that other schools have done. There's probably other examples that I'm unaware of because I'm not, you know, as knowledgeable about those teams. But I'm just saying that this has happened before. So Jim Harbaugh said, look, I'm going to take, during spring break, my entire football team, I'm going to take them down to Bradenton, Florida. And we're going to practice at IMG Academy, which is a football and sports factory. Any major uh, golf or tennis athlete in the past, I don't know, 40 years, they've probably gone to the academy or to IMG. And now they're developing yeah. a football program. So, And that program, being a private school, they bring in the top athletes from around America. So they are pretty unanimously or widely thought to have the most high school talent of any team in America, because it's basically an AAU football team, if you want to think of it that way. So he said, look, I'm going to take my whole University of Michigan football team down to Bradenton, Florida, for a full week of practice. So every practice is ostensibly a recruiting event. Now, they they couldn't, (laughs) the recruits on the same kind of level, but now you have taken something that is foreign and made it domestic to those kids down there and – Everybody in the sports world was talking about that for two weeks, three weeks, a month. So now, at the top of the news cycle is the University of Michigan, and that had as much of a recruiting impact as the actual uh, practices themselves. Now,
0: let me ask you something. Kind of a rhetorical question, if you will. Do you think people would be getting the panties all up in the budget if it was anyone else other than Jim Harbaugh doing this?
1: Um. I think that there are a few selected people who could have gotten the widespread reaction that Jim Harbaugh did, but I think that uh, who he is and how he's viewed uh, widely definitely played into the, the the reaction. And like I said before, it, nobody had a problem when Middle Tennessee State was coming to the University of Tennessee's camp. And that was their quote-unquote satellite, their regional look, their time to go outside of their base area to recruit, you know, the kids who are going to go to Middle Tennessee State because you're not going to have many first-round draft picks, five-star recruits that are going to, you know, go there. Nobody had a problem with that. But now when you take Jim Harbaugh and the University of Michigan, who I don't think that they're the winningest college football team anymore, but they're top two or three. So now you take that kind of, uh, of a team, and now you go down to the fertile recruiting hotbed of Florida, and so you, you've taken what was kind of a gentlemanly agreement. Oh yeah, you guys can come down and recruit the lower tier guys, and now you bring a, a big school down to recruit the top tier guys. Now the conversation is a little different.
0: Yeah, which is why I mean, which is why I think it's hilarious that the SEC <laughs> and to an extent the ACC was so up in the arms. They're like. Holy crap, we can't have Big Bad Michigan in another uh Big Ten school or have it come into our territory, quote unquote our territory. It's almost like the sharks that the jets from um, West Side store. You know, it's like you can't come in our territory, but we could do whatever whatever the hell we want, but just don't come in our territory, which I thought it was just what? so so silly and so hilarious at the same time, but you know, whatever.
1: Well that that, that brings up an interesting point because geographically it's not like, quote-unquote, ACC, SEC territory. Like, that is geographically in the middle of the footprint for those conferences. And the, sure. the big thing with the SEC uh, going to that, you know, because they were the most uh, vocal in opposition to the satellite camp rule, um, the SEC conference, they agreed, or they had the, the rule that there could be no satellite camps for their member skills. So now they're looking and saying, okay, Michigan could do that, whoever else, but we have it, you know, kind of gentlemanly amongst us, that we're not going to do that. We're going to be the ones who bring in other coaches. We're not going to go to other locations. So now they're trying to say, you know, what was the the fair playing field, because we don't do that, but y'all do that. Yeah. You know, so – so it was, uh, you know, it, it, it's a really interesting thing. But, you know, by by getting different coaches out there, more kids can be seen uh, and seen by teams and schools out of their area. It helps them scout because uh, even in the in the digital age, you can see a, a huddle film. Like I can tell you a name. You can go to your Google.com, put in that player's name in huddle. H-U-D-L is the video system. And you can look at video from any kid around America. But seeing them in person nice. is a whole different thing. Okay. And, you know, that's right. what helps, I guess.
0: Yeah. So, so basically, wouldn't that that lift on the seller camp ban, would that – that should help the SEC a lot. It's not as if, you know, people uh, in the northeastern part of the United States or the Midwest are not interested in coming to the SEC school though, because they'll get the explosion every day. So, that would, in turn, help the SEC probably even more than the Big Ten because they can go into their t- quote-unquote territory, if you will, and do some recruiting, like, say, like, kids from Ohio, kids from, oh, hell, I don't know, Pennsylvania, or whichever hotbed there is in the Midwest or the northeastern part of the United States, and the West Coast, too. So, it could really help the SEC even get more blue chippers, really, if you think about it. I mean,
1: they they could. have the counterpoint to that is uh, SEC and most ACC, you know, the southern schools don't get kids from up there because they're not good enough. And, I mean, look, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's what they would say, you know. So, like, the the teams that recruit nationally, you know, take an Alabama. They're going to go and cherry pick those individual kids. You know, they don't need to have – they have a wide receiver from Pennsylvania, I want to say, Robert Morgan, Robert Lewis, something like that, Robert something is his name. Um, They didn't need to have a camp in Philadelphia to go get him. They can send a coach to his – they've seen you know him at a, a games. they've done or he's come down for a camp. There's been that connection. I don't need to have a whole camp in that area, just one kid. Because if I'm Alabama, I go get that one kid. Because everybody else is going to be from the south or the southeast. So, uh, hypothetically, it could work in, in a reverse fashion where the SEC or the ACC schools, you know, a Florida State or Miami or whoever, could go out and do those uh, you know, a Clemson also could go and have a satellite camp. But why go have a satellite camp when we could just recruit at home and get everything that we need? You know, it, it's like, why am I going to go all the way across or outside of the city to the suburbs to go to this one random whole foods when I got food in my pantry right. and food in my kitchen right now that I can cook with?
0: Yeah, I got you. I should say and nice cooking reference you are a, uh, a, 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 a top-shelf guy. I like that reference. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, you're that not good. Uh, <laughs> I got you. Hey, so basically, this pretty much, as we all pretty much know, it boils down to the simple fact that the SEC and, to a certain extent, the ACC, they basically just don't want to share. They, they just don't want to share their uh yeah, I, I, I mean, no, no, no,
1: no, 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 I'll put it to you like this. Nobody wants to share. Rich people don't get rich by giving out their money. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, pretend, right, pretend right. it was <laughs> like this in a, in a different kind of sense. Like, seriously, rich people get rich because they keep what they have, you know. If you right. have, right. you know, a girlfriend, a fiance, a wife, you know, or, you know, if, you know, whatever, you have a partner that you love, is everything for you. Mm. They're beautiful. You know, your interaction is great. You don't all of a sudden want to be like, hey, let's let you go and meet other people and see maybe if that will be something that you're interested in. No, 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 no. You want to keep what is yours with you or who you're connected with, whatever it is, whatever analogy you want to have, that food I talked about, that person, that money, you want to keep that to yourself. So, I mean, it, you have to balance it because you can't have every kid in every class because there's only 25 to 30-something recruiting slots in every class, but you don't want to openly invite people in to recruit from your area because if you're especially in the same conference, they can use the players from your area to beat you on the field, which, unfortunately, yeah. I have way too much uh, interaction with recently, being from Miami.
0: Sure. Right, right. I'll see you on that. So, <laughs> like, so basically, um, I almost – oh, yeah, so – <laughs> so basically, do you even see satellite camps benefiting the likes of Michigan or our State? I mean, given that the SEC schools, And some ACC schools, are going to keep most of those blue-chippers anyway, because those blue-chippers are perhaps more familiar with those cats, those schools, than there are the schools of the north and the schools right. of the Midwest. Don't you don't you don't you think it's like a mood issue anyway?
1: I don't think it's foolish um, because and. The thing about it is you, you have to do a cost-benefits analysis. What is the thing? How many kids do you need to get from that camp for it to be a success? Yes. And how many do you need to get in a given year? For example, I, and I wrote down a whole bunch of satellite camps that are going on. For example, in Mississippi, okay. Gulf, Mississippi Gulf Coast University, it's a JUCO, they're hosting one, and they're going to have Alabama, oh, sorry, excuse me, Ole Miss, Auburn, Missouri, LSU, Middle Tennessee State, UAB, USF, Troy, and even more schools there. Georgia and Michigan are going to have a joint camp in Georgia. Arkansas and Arkansas State are going to have a joint camp. Michigan's going to have a camp in Tennessee. Southern California is going to have some coaches at the TCU camp outside of Dallas. Georgia and Colorado State are going to go to the Georgia Southern camp in South Georgia. Florida A&M is going to have a camp at uh, Tampa Plant High School with uh, Illinois joining in. There's a mega camp in Birmingham, Alabama, with 30 schools, including Alabama, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Colorado State, Iowa, and more. So those are going to continue to happen. But now say you're one of those mid-tier schools at that camp. What if I get one kid in the 2017 class this next recruiting cycle, but I see three kids for the 2018 class, and I get two of them? So by sending four coaches to one event, I get three kids, and they come in and they play and they contribute regardless of what position, wide receiver, quarterback, defensive back. But they're starting players eventually. They become, you know, captain, second-team all-conference players for, you sure. know, say, a middle-policy state. That's good enough for me. Like, yeah. I'm not. you're not going to go – it's not going to be like the NCAA video game where you're going to get that five-star kid to turn around your lower school. <laughs> but if you get enough yeah. volume – from going to a certain area and you finally, you know, you you go to, let you know, say that you're Illinois and you go down to the Tampa area, you're not going to get the five-star kids. But if you get that second tier of kid from down there, yo, you're good. And you get three Florida, you know, three kids from that camp a year to come to your school, that's money. So I don't think it's a fool's errand. It's just you have to have a realistic expectation and goal for what you're trying to get out of it.
0: Gotcha. So I mean, this whole thing, man. I mean, I don't see a problem with the whole thing. I don't see a problem. With I like to be honest with you. I mean, hell, you gotta do what you gotta do to 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 get whatever recruit you like and stay and, and remain competitive. I just think that is funny that it got so serious to the point that not only everyone, the mom in the sports world. College sports world was we're, we're talking about this, but the damn fans were starting to stick their noses in it, and and to call, to call themselves investigating salary camps, I'm like, are you serious? Is it really that serious for the fans to be sticking their nose in it when there are much more important things around the, that they should be worried about? That 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 I, that just made me almost laugh out loud, shake my head at the same time.
1: Yeah, I mean, but that that kind of gets into politics uh, of things. Uh, You know, because, obviously, I I didn't – I meant to look up and see who actually started the inquiry, uh, which senator, but I didn't. So I don't know who their constituent base is. But, you know, college football is big business, you know. This is a billions of dollars industry. So, yeah, when you come down to the the practices of an industry that is this large monetarily – it makes sense that maybe the feds will look into it. And, again, yeah, we're, we're kind of saying, okay, this is this camp thing, and, you know, you're talking about the prospective student athletes who, you know, maybe get them a chance to be seen by a school outside of their zone, outside of their region. And there are many success stories of people who, uh, who got opportunities from satellite camps who are currently in college. Um, you know, but outside, of, you know, going away from, from that part of it, you're talking about billions of dollars. And it's something that at least could could and should be talked about. I think that it has become kind of funny uh, or comical in that everybody now all of a sudden has this strong take or we really ought to look at this and investigate these kind of things. And that kind of goes back to the the original point. Before Jim Harbaugh pushed the envelope, before he kind of went over the vanguard, there was no problem because it was the have-nots going to the haves and maybe trying to pick up some table scraps. But when you have one of the traditional powers of college football now going and by going by the letter of the law but not necessarily the intent of the law because Jim Harbaugh cares not for your cursory intent,
0: now this
1: precipitates all this fallout that we've talked about, which is a little interesting.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it is indeed. Just like the saying goes, uh, money does not only talk, it hollers. (laughs) So you got to follow the money with that. Uh, I'm going to get you on this uh, one last note, man. We'll we'll get you out of here with this. Since you're a college football guy, you know, I love college sports as well. I got to ask you this question that's going on the past – going on three or four days. The Big 12, should they expand or not?
1: Um, I don't think it's a question of should they. I think it's becoming almost a question of will they. Um, You know, if you stay – if you stay too sedentary for for a time, then, you know, you're if you're not going forward, you're going backwards kind of a thing. And right. they they had that study that said if they expanded and had a conference championship game and whatever, then that would increase their chances for the Big 12 to have a team in the college football playoff, which is a big right. playoff conference-wise. And, obviously, everybody's trying to get to as much bowl money as, as, as they possibly can. I don't – you know, I'm a traditionalist at heart. Um, I didn't want to see expansion going back uh, a long time. I didn't want it to become the Pac-12. I wanted to stay the Pac-10. You know, uh, you know, I, the Big 8, you know, uh, the Big 10, when it actually had 10 or 11 teams, not 13 or 14 teams, you know. Um, Miami in the Big yeah. East and not the ACC. And I don't say that because – and I know that Florida State fans going to say, oh, yeah, because Miami's never won a conference championship. No, 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 no. I'm talking about from my childhood – I wanted things to stay set that way. So my my initial inclination is to say, no, they should not, but it's not really about what my personal feeling is on it. If they're commissioning reports on it and they're already putting, uh, they're leaking little details out to the media, uh, they're having articles read or written about it, and they're, you know, commissioning these reports for it, they're laying the foundation
0: to do this.
1: And it just really becomes Mm -hmm. a matter of when, not if.
0: Right. I feel on that. I feel you on that. It's a never, uh, it's never any subject, which won't end because be stop talking about anytime soon. So there it is. Hey, hey, Cam, thanks a lot for joining me, man. I, this was fun. I was educated by the satellite camps, and um, hopefully everybody out there was educated as well. So thanks a lot, brother.
1: Hey, no problem, man. Take care.
0: All right, got it. You have a, de- a my guy, Cam Underwood. Check him out, please, on SB Nation. It's there for you. Um, Lots of interesting stuff there Of of all things, Miami Hurricanes And many others as well I'll tell you what man This whole week has been crazy In the college football world Satellite camps Big 12 expansion Will they expand or not Will they get picked apart in Texas Keep sticking to the guns About not wanting to expand Reportedly, allegedly Crazy, crazy, crazy But anyway, thanks for tuning in I'm Scott Burks, this is the Clown Hour, a good old six to y'all, and good night.